It's time for Watch and Learn, the show where we discuss the life lessons we learn from the movies we watch. Today, Ford v. Ferrari. Hey, hey, movie maniacs. My name is Sky, and I'm joined with my brother, Dusty. Dusty, did you feel like uh, jumping in the car and racing around the block after watching this one? As soon as I got in my car after I was driving, I was like, man, I feel like a race car driver. I know, huh? <laughs> it brought me back to watching Twister, man. After watching Twister, I wanted to get a big-ass Dodge Ram, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Now, I, I also thought, man, I want to go get a fast car. Like, I need to go get a Shelby. <laughs> like, I Shelby know. What Cobra. are you doing collecting all these guns, man? You should be Seriously? buying cars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm... So some people are like car people. They lo- love cars, but there's also people that are like Shelby and uh, Miles, that they're like car people and then some. Like they love cars. They eat, sleep, breathe. They know how to work on things and make them faster and stuff like that. So I'm neither one of those. I'm absolutely not a car person. Um, cars are great. I appreciate them. But there's not something that I absolutely like know ins and outs of. I don't know. Like I don't remember anything about cars really. I know how to fix a tire and change battery, things like just normal random things around the car but what about you are you a car person or what do you what would you consider yourself no i'm not a car person at all i simply use them to get to from point a to point b i've had my same 2004 honda accord since 2004 and so i'm thinking i'm not going to buy a new car until my oldest son turns 16 i'll give him my old one that's when i'll buy a new one you know seriously that's the right way to go only time i ever really get rid of my cars is when they break you know when they're literally broken and it's dumping more money into them than it would to actually keep or buy a new one i mean and so that's the only time i actually buy new cars so but watching this movie just like watching gone in 60 seconds or um fast and furious you're like dude those things are awesome but when i leave i'm like okay i kind of forgot not really forgot but it's just like it's not it's not as empowerful as a lot of people or there are a lot of guys out there a lot of women too that just love love cars but uh yeah so in watching the movie i was I was really happy with the development of the story and everything. It it was more of a drama, you know, telling a story. But what did you think? I really enjoyed it, man. I, I'll just tell you right now, I give it an A. It's highly recommended. It's, there's not like a, a ton of crazy like action, but the whole movie, I found myself smiling the whole time. I really love how this was a real story of overcoming incredible odds. Two guys working together, well, with an entire team of people to do something that everybody would have thought was impossible. I I, I liked how the story developed. And, you know, of course, the story developed the way it is. It's real life. You know, there's nothing crazy that they threw into the mix. You know, it's people with their own different agendas uh, working for and against each other that created this whole Le Mans 66 battle thing. And I just I absolutely loved it. Yeah, and the turns in the movie, uh, or in the story, basically, were real life. I mean, I don't think they probably took too many... um, Liberties? Liberties, yeah, in the storytelling. And so, yeah, it was really, really fun and encouraging to to watch, see the process, see the change. Not necessarily the change in the characters and who they are and like how they act, but just seeing how the story arcs and flowed. I I enjoyed it. So I'm going to jump right into what is the grade that you would give this movie? Oh, it's an A for sure. Wow, an A. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would recommend anybody to go see it. It's a totally fun movie. It's a real-life story. Americans overcoming foreigners, you know? I mean, it it has everything that you would want. Plus, really good acting. um, And then some fun... And interesting scenes watching those cars go around. And it was beautifully shot, too. All together, just a great movie. Yeah. Now that you said 
Americans beating other countries, that then I'm like, yes, you're right. That that jumps up to an A plus. <laughs> yeah, they stuck well, it to us at the beginning of the movie. I really like that whole scene with them going to uh, going to France to try to buy or not uh, Italy to try to buy Italy. Ferrari, and then Ferrari. Uh, Enzo Ferrari doing this whole duplicitous having the photographer there tricking Fiat into paying eight million dollars more for his company you know I really like how they pulled one over on us but in the end we got them yeah definitely and it was rather enjoyable to see that beginning now what's funny was I actually took a nap before the movie started in my house, like in my bed I took a nap and it was like so the movie started at 145 and at I think it was like, 115 I'm like let me take a little nap and apparently I slept through it uh, through my alarm and I didn't wake up until 207 so remember the movie started at 145 it's I was 207 when I woke up and then I realized okay it's still Tuesday it's totally fine. I already bought my tickets through the app on my phone. It's Tuesday, so they're going to show at least 25 minutes, maybe 30 minutes of commercials. Anyways, I get there and walk right in. And when I, as I'm sitting down, the only the first thing I see, and you could tell me if I missed what I missed before that, but you see um, Miles basically the whole scene with him throwing the wrench. Like I basically got there when um, uh, he and Shelby were arguing. So did I miss anything before that? You missed seeing Shelby win Le Mans um, like the year or two years before, but then him going to the doctor and he has some issues with his heart to where if it's pumping too hard and racing causes your heart to pump really hard, you know, probably all the pressure G-forces racing and stuff too. Uh, the doctor told him he would die if he did any more races. So he had to go from no more racing to now being, uh, you know, a supporter, uh, an innovator for racing and race cars and stuff, as opposed to being the actual racer. Got it. Yeah, I knew that, and that really helps because I was like, well, how did he win? And I thought they might have covered it. But um, it, I didn't think that if I missed the first, I don't know, five to 10 minutes, I'm going to miss much of the story. Like, I'm going to get the tail end of the story. Uh, you know, anything from the middle toward the end is going to be the actual story. So, yeah. yeah, anyways, I think I got definitely just a bit. And what you just shared was rather interesting. I was like, oh, because I heard that Shelby won, or at least mm -hmm. when... Lee Coca, which is cool that, you know, Lee Coca was, because I've, I've heard of him being a, you know, Chrysler and all that sort of stuff, um, being the boss of that. But And seeing, then John Bernthal was in there as Lee Coca. That was cool. That was cool. Yeah, he's he didn't have his mannerisms that you normally remember him from Walking Dead, but he had a few that I was like, oh, there he is again. You yeah. know, his normal like look to the side a little bit and try to mm -hmm. remember his lines and then come oh, back. Oh, there you go, <laughs> looking to the side. Yeah, he does do that a lot, huh? He does that a yeah. lot. Uh, yeah. So I think for me, after watching it, I also in my grading like to think of if I'm going to watch it again. If I'm going to watch it again, then it bumps it up considerably. If I will never watch it again, it bumps it down. So for me, because I enjoyed it, because going through the entire movie, I really had a good time um, knowing the difference or seeing the difference in acting between um, uh, Christian Bale and Matt Damon. So Matt Damon was not as good as he did in Team America. It wasn't, <laughs> wasn't as good, but he did a good job. Mm -hmm. But it seems like Matt Damon is the same character or same person in just about every movie that he plays. But Christian Bale, he is a totally different actor in almost every movie. Like he's not the same person or same character. So seeing the nuances in between those two actors was rather, rather fun. Um, I like this movie. 
I give it a B plus because the storytelling, everything was, it flowed pretty, pretty well. It gave me, I was, okay, he's talking to his son now. Time for me to get up, go to the bathroom. I know it's it's slowed down time, (laughs) Um, you know, but in all, I enjoyed it. But because it's for me, I will probably never watch it again. It's, it drops it down from an A to a B plus. Yeah, I completely understand that take on it. And I may never watch it again as well, but I thought it was just such a well-done story with great acting. And it's a historical event. It kind of feels like a documentary that I think anybody can enjoy it. So I've got to give it an A for this one because I think it's just all around enjoyable for everybody. Got it. Now, does it it stack up to Hot Shots Part 2? No, no, Hot Shots Part 2. I mean, that's endlessly rewatchable. I could watch it every day if I needed to. There you you go. There you go. Okay, what were you going to say? Um, uh, you said earlier about them taking liberties with the story. There was one thing that I thought might have been taking liberties at the end of the race. Um, you know, jumping from the beginning to all the way to the end now. BB, like one of the head executives of Ford, is calling down to the pit to tell them to kind of like to to sabotage Ken Miles's race, right? It, that, that's what it felt like. Do you think that really happened or are they just kind of blowing their little feud out of proportion there? That's a great question. Since I have no clue about the people in, I don't know anything about them at all. I would tend to think that that is probably storytelling, but it very well could be that these guys are arrogant jerks. I mean, they have a huge, huge company. I, I didn't like, now, if I were Ford the second, the way he's having everybody not look him in the eye and talking to the side, he just seems like he's pompous. And somebody that I would literally not want to be around. Even if he gave me a million dollars to work for him, I wouldn't just because he's a jerk or at least Mm -hmm. it seemed like it. Now, that's in the movie. I don't know if he's actually like that or not. But all that to say, it seems like they possibly because you made it made you more mad when you saw them call. And, you know, he's like he's trying to tell him to do X, Y or Z and all that sort of stuff. It makes you more mad, tells a story, but gets you more emotional. I would find that that's probably I would guess if I were to have to say yes or no, I would say that's taking liberties. Yeah, I would think so. But I'm sure they're just uh, because, uh, man, it's just kind of interesting how you can take liberties like that with a a, a real life person. Because now BB, he might, for all I know, he might be dead now. He might still be alive. But his family might take umbrage with the idea that you portrayed my father or grandfather as being a saboteur. You know what I mean? It's like kind of like uh, how Bruce Lee's family and his fans really hated the depiction that um, uh, Quentin Tarantino gave him in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Maybe the same kind of thing could happen here for BB's family. Yeah. And I remember another time that this happened in another movie, Cinderella Man. You remember that movie with uh, that another Australian Russell Crow, guy, right? Yeah, Russell Crowe. So Cinderella Man, he's a boxer. Well, he's a boxer. He's a really you know humble guy. But anyways, he comes back and he fights the champ. And the champ in the entire movie is the bad guy. And so he they make him look pretty bad, you know, like a womanizer and you killed somebody in the ring and he, he doesn't mind doing all, all, all this sort of stuff, arrogant. Well, the family took big issue with it. They hated the movie, obviously, because it made their grandfather or great-grandfather or whatever look really, really bad. But at the same time, you know, hey, you're like, well, it probably could have happened. It might not have. We don't know as, you know, watching this. But yeah, it's interesting to see that when you're depicting somebody that's real life, adding things that didn't actually happen is, uh, it could be a little sticky. Yeah. It could be. And um, I had mentioned it earlier, but I really respect it. If this happened in real life the way it did, Enzo Ferrari taking advantage of Ford coming over to buy it to drive up the price. I thought that was super smart, like business acumen right there. 
I wouldn't doubt that they actually did that, but that is brilliant. I mean, mm-hmm. he's buying time. Like they literally had that, as far as we know, inside the movie, it shows that he basically had it all set up and he was ready. He was just waiting. As soon as he got the fiat um, uh, order or not order, but like, you know, uh, offer, he was like, fine, I, I can finally tell these Americans what I think of them. And yep. so, yeah, that is pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah, it was. Um, one of the things I really liked, you know, something I've always known about men, men can really put their grudges behind them. And once they get something out of their system, it's no big deal. Like men can remain remain friends through a lot of stuff, right? I really like that fight in that little courtyard between Shelby and Miles, um, you know, with the groceries and stuff. And and he even had some heavy stuff inside of his groceries. And he he uh Ken Miles didn't grab one thing and instead he grabbed the, the the loaf of bread and started beating Shelby over the head with it. And it just shows that even though these guys did have uh, like uh, a big issue with each other. They were able to overlook it and get beyond it, and just kind of forgive each other and then remain friends and get back to business. I, I really like how the movie showed that aspect. And I like how he actually, uh, it shows he literally picked up a can mm-hmm. and he could have, but obviously that would be more, much more damaging than a loaf of bread. And you got your friend punching you in the face. It's like, you know, Miles is a hothead. Like that's just how he is. You're going to expect something like that. Like we have a, um, a, one of my friends, Mike, he's a hothead. He's definitely a hothead. And so when I see him get all riled up, like, all right, dude, calm down. Mm-hmm. And I, I know how to, you know, bring him down. He gets all riled up. But yeah, I like the interplay, but you're right. Men, it seems like the majority of men, and I like that this showed this. Um, you know, you could put, you, you know, punch, you, know, you get in a fight, you get argument, you punch each other in the face, and then you you go out for beer, you know, you, you hang out afterwards. Yeah. Because it's like, hey, we're good. We're, we, we got that out. Now, I'm not going to say anything about what women do because there's a saying that you know what the saying I'm thinking of? Uh, a woman scorned something, something. Yeah, hell hath no fury there like a go. woman scorned. Yep. And so, like, they'll hold on to that stuff forever. <laughs> Men, you know, we get in a little tussle, like, all right, we're good now. <laughs> I guess yeah. we're good. We got it out. <laughs> uh, that's the way it is, man, for sure. Now, I remember you and you and I got in, uh, well, we've gotten in a few fights, but never really think like a punching max. But I do remember it wasn't like a, bo- uh, a fight fight. It was our parents got us boxing gloves and we were in the backyard boxing. Yeah, I remember that it was at our old, old house, oldest one I could remember. And And I got they told us to go outside because we were arguing and yelling over something. Yeah, and I got walloped. I remember that. Yeah. You didn't I, get walloped. Oh, <laughs> Do you remember well, what happened? No, of course I remember. No, I felt oh. <laughs> walloped. So we were we were we had the boxing gloves on. We were in the backyard and we were upset about or you know, riled up about something and we start swinging at each other. And you had longer arms than me. I was a little chubby kid. I couldn't reach you. And you like give me little shots. It did nothing really like damaging. And I didn't really remember it, but I know I was getting frustrated because I couldn't get any licks on you. And so <laughs> I back up thinking I'm all smart. I'm like, I want to run at him. And I just start running as fast as I can thinking I am going to take you down and get closer so I could punch you. I'm all excited. I'm all pumped up. I'm like this is going to work. And I run. And then here you are, you punch early and you like, uh oh, I punch way too early, but then you leave your fist out there and I'm still running at you. Yeah. And then I run smack right into your fist, my face to your fist technique. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 
<laughs> oh man, I go that was, flat. Yep, funny. I go, I go flat on the ground. Yep. Oh my goodness. But yes. I remember all of us laughing when that happened because we all realized at the time because mom and dad were out there watching. They realized what exactly happened, and everyone was laughing. And then the fight kind of just ended. You know. Well. Everybody was laughing but one person. <laughs> it didn't feel good to me. But yeah, now looking back, I was like, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, so after that, we're like, okay, we're good. <laughs> we got it out mm-hmm. of our system. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's the way it is, man. Um, uh, so getting back to the movie here, um, I was – so th- it was awesome how Ken Miles actually pulled out the win when he went to Le Mans and raced. But I was, I really was heartbroken for the way Ford wanted to do a one, two, three photo. Um, and then now, was that real? ended up losing that's, because of it. That's a big question. Is that real? Yes, that is real. Adam Carolla talked about uh, that. That, it, that is absolutely real. Now, one of the things at the very end, it looked to me, um, Enzo Ferrari was up there in the stands or up in his box looking down at them. It looked like he convinced the judges to award the winning medal, you know, the first place to one of the other four drivers um like maybe out of spite against ken miles who beat him but the entire team beat you right didn't ford come in one two and three so you shouldn't really blame ken miles it's more like just the whole ford team as a whole you know see i had a totally different take on that oh now i don't i i think it was it wasn't enzo that did anything with who won or who lost i i don't think that was Played in it. Did did you hear anything like specifically said? Oh, he pulled a fast one. The Enzo. No, pulled a fast I didn't hear. But the way it was shot and the way they looked up to Enzo when he was giving a dirty look down to Ken Miles at the end, right after the other guy was announced the winner, it felt like that to me. Well, okay. So the, my take was totally the opposite. Mm. Literally, Enzo is tipping his hat to Miles, and Miles looks at him and acknowledges that Enzo is like, okay. Dude, that's legit. You legit won and you beat us. Like you literally beat us. Our car was destroyed because of how amazing your car is, how amazing your driving was. You are legit. So he tips his hat to him. That's what that he pulls his hat, tips it to him. Miles looks at him and nods and then goes away because Miles, everybody knows Miles, the one that won, destroyed everybody. And at the same time, that was Enzo legitimizing, giving respect to Miles. Wow, I just read it completely different. How interesting. Yeah. I'd have to go back and watch it again. I guess I have a reason to watch at least the ending again. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was I, I was thoroughly because Enzo would not have done that and almost give a smirk. Not not a smirk like like a ha ha gotcha smirk, but like a respect. Mm. Respectful, you know, grin and nod to him. It wasn't like glowering down. Like you could see Enzo at the beginning, where he he tells off the um, Shelby as well as no, yeah, Shelby as well as no, it wasn't Shelby. It was uh, whatever the guys are. Anyways, uh, BB, you know, tells him off, and at the same time. Oh, no, it was Lee Iacocca. I'm getting him off. Tells off Lee Iacocca <laughs> and says, you know, you, you know, tell him he's he's not the the he's not number one or something like that. You know, and then you guys are all, you know, anyways, that's when Enzo's upset. That's when Enzo is like, he's really going after it. This was respectful. And I really like Miles. He 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 I think that was potentially worth more to him than winning the Lamas because he knows he won the Lamas. He knows by far. Like he absolutely destroyed, crushed, cremated, like Everybody was out of it. 
he destroyed everybody. That was probably worth more to Miles. Than, and that's why when he got done, he was like, you know what? You promised me to race in it, not to win it. So, yeah, that's how I took it. Yeah, that's nice, man. I, I like your interpretation more. Just at the time, I didn't see that, didn't feel that for myself, you know? Yeah, so one of the things I, I really liked was... Um, but I don't know how necessary it was. It was kind of fun to watch Shelby all of a sudden jumping into the pilot seat. It felt like kind of just an unnecessary thing. Like, or, I mean, was the whole goal behind that scene? Remember when, remember when he was flying in to that little, um, whatever that was event to announce, um, to announce that they're racing in Le Mans, I guess. Um, uh, was that just to show that like how he was a gutsy risk taker? Wait, which one? The one where he's actually giving the speech or the one that he takes the... Right um, before the speech, when he jumps in the pilot seat, flies oh. in and, and does a drive-by or fly-by right over the crowd. Maybe he actually did it. It's just... I. It just seems like he would have done that and they wouldn't have shown it unless he did do that because that's something that's completely silly. Like, like, really? And the pilot would literally say, okay, go ahead, sit down, take the... No. Like... It just seems like that's something that actually did happen. I, I don't, it's hard for me to believe that they would make that up. But yeah, gotcha. I guess that he's a risk taker. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Well, he lives on the edge too. Obviously, driving Le Mans and, and all that sort of stuff, that's pretty, pretty, super amazing. And so he doesn't get thrills anymore like that. And so this is one way that he is able to get that. Mm hmm. Yep, interesting. What did you think about the the various cars, man? I thought like the Shelby Cobra and that car that they raced in Le Mans, I think they were just absolutely beautiful cars, made me want to own one. I know we talked about, you know, getting one earlier, but like for reals, those cars were gorgeous. They were beautiful. Definitely a Ferrari one. It's the prettiest one on the yes. block. I mean, that was that was phenomenal. But the one that, that obviously the one Miles is driving is the one that won. But mm -hmm. I, I thoroughly like, if I were to pick between the two, I like the Ford look over the Ferrari. Even though the Ferrari is beautiful, for some reason I gravitate towards the Ford. Yeah. I yeah, but you. all the cars in general. Um, the one that Shelby drives, um, I can't remember what kind of car that is. Is that a... a I don't even know. Anyways, I don't know either. Yeah. yeah was I, it I, I one of his own cars, his Cobra? Prob oh, it's probably the blue one, the Cobra that he drives yeah. around in. Uh-huh. Yes. That's the one I like. I, I really like that one a lot. I would like to own something like that. But yeah, all the cars are fantastic. And I, I liked how, like, I didn't know anything about Shelby. I just know of the names Shelby Cobra and Shelby, you know, Motors and stuff, or, you know, whatever, Shelby America. Um, know it as a good mechanic not mechanic but like a car maker so it was really cool listening or watching this whole story telling about shelby as well as miles and lamont's i did like how um you could it's you can't really make it up but you know shelby tried and then they took away the racer that they wanted and they lost you know ford lost in the first lamont's and then the second time they he gets he says basically this is the right way to go but i did really really and this goes into one of my lessons i really want to i loved this lesson and it's um basically comes from shelby taking the um the son of ford and getting him into the car in order to separate them and separate him from everybody else so he can have a one-on-one, -on -one, like without somebody chat jammering in his ear and literally show him what's going on and seeing how amazing this machine is. You know, he's like, oh, what is my $9 million, blah, blah, blah. Like it really, oh, it's all about my, no, 
we are doing something that is phenomenal here. You need to experience it. And now he's crying because he realizes this is absolutely amazing. I had no idea. My dad should have been here. My dad would have loved this. And he got to really talk with him one-on-one. I love that he said, you know, uh, Miles asked, you know, is there is there a risk involved? And he says, it's a huge risk. And he didn't tell him, but it's, it's absolutely a huge risk that betting on Miles to go to Daytona to win Daytona which is a feat in itself, and then gambling that, that his whole entire company on Miles winning that race. I thought that was fantastic. And all that combined with you basically, you need to not just pick your battles, but when it's a battle, you need to win it. You need to put all, put everything on the table and risk everything. And that's what he did when he put everything on the table to get Miles to race and um, to win a Daytona and put his entire company on the line. Now, I wouldn't necessarily do that, meaning put my entire company on the line to bet that. But I love the principle of it that you need to lay it all on the line. For sure, man. He had utmost like confidence and loyalty to Ken Miles. He knew that Ken Miles could do it. Uh, and I, I really enjoy that scene as well. And just that, that entire aspect of the story, too, just yeah. like you said, I, putting it and, all on the line. And not just that Ken Miles could do it, but he was the only one, like literally nobody else would be able to do it. Not just that he's the best driver out there. But he literally built the car. He knows in and out. He knows about the gearbox and how it burns up and all that sort of is. was really, really good. And that's why he said, I'm putting it all on the table. Yep. Totally, man. I love it. So that was your that was your first lesson right there. Yes. Nice. My my first lesson is don't insult somebody who can do something about it. So Ferrari screwed up and called, you know, the deuce like a big fat whatever son of his great father, whatever he said, right? And that totally spurred Henry Ford II to uh, to stick it to them and, you know, and go for the win in Le Mans. And then they ended up winning that year in 66, 67, and 68, like multiple years in a row, you know, all because he insulted him after not giving him, not selling him the business too. Well, he... I wouldn't say it's not the, the analogy doesn't fit, but like added insult to injury. It's that, that doesn't necessarily fit this, but like he put the nail in the, like he put him in the coffin and nailed it shut and buried it and threw it. Like he, <laughs> he made him, if, if anybody that had a remotely speck of arrogance or pride, um, or, you know, just like, Hey, I'm, I, I can get mad at, you know, anyways, anybody with a remotely bit of arrogance is going to be ticked off that, he did all that to them and the very end, all that. So he's like, you know what? This guy who has lots of money, meaning Ford, the deuce, he has plenty of money. I'm going to go after him. He's definitely prideful. He's definitely saying, I got plenty of money. Let's do it. Let's win. Let's be victory. Let's be victors. And so, yep. yes, absolutely. Totally. Good, good. What's your uh, second lesson? So my second lesson goes into along with the first one. So the very first one, we, uh, my first lesson was you basically need to let it all on the line. Like you need to risk everything, like put all your chips in when it's time. Like this is the time, put all your chips in. Absolutely. The second one goes right along with it. And I love at the very, very end of the Daytona 500, you have the Daytona 500 and like saying, Hey, you'll burn up the car. If you run it above 7,000, like you'll burn it up. And Shelby's thinking, okay, if I burn it up, I might lose, but if I don't burn it up and don't try, if I don't leave everything out on the field or on the, the track, if I don't do everything I possibly can, I'm literally losing everything. So 
I played um, college football for Fresno State. I played football my entire life. And every single time I go on the field that I'm, I'm going to perform or, or try to do my best at whatever I'm doing, I leave everything out there. I make sure that I do not hold anything back. And so Shelby's realizing if I try to tell him to keep under 6,000, I'm going to lose that car and the rest of my business. Who cares about this car? Run at 7,000, destroy this car, win the race. Yep. Yep. Love that lesson. You're 100% right about that. Cool. What about you? What's your next one? Uh, my next one is, um, uh, 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 oh, nothing great ever comes from one person. It's always a team effort. So for them to win Le Mans like this, it took Ford's initiative and his money, Shelby's and his team's expertise and their passion for racing. And of course, it took Miles' incredible talents for being a great driver, right? Everybody worked together to pull this one off. So I'm going to have to disagree with you a little bit here. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because one man single handedly took a movie and did such a great job in acting and made this movie phenomenal. That movie is Team America. And (laughs) Matt Damon, his acting in Team America alone, that made the movie amazing. So I'm going to have to disagree with you on that one. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it takes a big man to admit when he's wrong. And I am a big man. I was wrong, Dust. (laughs) (laughs) So more, more than likely, some people listening may not have any clue what I'm saying, but I'm actually joking. If you've ever seen Team America, it's hilarious because... Matt Damon literally wasn't in the movie. Um, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Matt Damon at all. And that's why I like this movie because all you have Matt Damon, it's basically a puppet and somebody just saying, Matt Damon. <laughs> the whole, it's a whole line. Every yep. single time somebody talks to him, all he says is Matt Damon. And so it's just, that's why it's hilarious to me. I'm not a big fan of Matt Damon myself, but yeah, that's why I said all that. It's just, it's just rather funny. Yep. Yep. For sure it is, man. All right. What's your third and final lesson? A third lesson is never lie to your wife or never mm. hold anything back. Always communicate, always be open because in the end, you know, she's she's going to hold it to you and something bad might happen like getting a wreck. I love that scene where she's just driving. I hope that was actually real. That's pretty, pretty fun. You know, he uh, Miles is no longer behind the reel so he can't control everything. So he feels like, oh, what's going on? If it was yep. vice versa, he'd be like, oh, it's no big deal. But I thought that was very, very fun. She used his own car i guess against him when he would you know it's, it's like his baby so anyways i thought that was really fun so never lie to your wife never hide things from your wife just be straightforward yep for sure good life lesson and uh we all all of us married men definitely need to learn that one sooner rather than later for sure yep yep all right my last lesson is visualize perfection and go for it so at one point i think it was maybe ken miles's son saying you can't make every lap perfect but then ken miles said but i can try and that's what you need to go for in order to be the best at whatever it is you know what perfection is maybe you can't do it every single time but as long as you're striving for it you're going to get closer and closer to it and all those uh, you know, getting so close to it every single time, that's going to add up into one big success in life. Yeah, I love that. And one scene, and obviously all the, the racing, the fighting, like punching and all that sort of, all that excitement is really, really fun. But one scene that was a great, great scene goes along with exactly what you're talking about that I love. They were sitting on the racetrack and he and his son, it's getting dark, the sun's going down and he sits down and he says, you know, look out there. That perfect, imagine whatever it is, that perfect lap or that perfect something, that perfect thing is there. 
if you can see it, it's there, or no, you should be able to see it basically, but it's there. You might not get it every single time, but yes, I love, I loved that scene because I think that myself, like if there's something that I need to get done, that's perfect. It's there. I just got to pick, uh, piece it out or figure out the steps to get it to be perfect the way that it should be. And so as long as you can visualize it, it gives you such a huge uh, leg up or a step in the right direction to get to that perfection. Because, you know, there's a saying, aim small, miss small. So if you're shooting a gun um, or firing a, a like a, a bow and arrow, if you're doing anything, if you aim small, you'll miss small. So imagine you're shooting a gun at a house. Well, you just say, hey, there's a house, shoot at the house. Well, you have an opportunity of missing the house because it's such a big target. But if you say, hey, look at that lamp or that, that light bulb that's in the very center of the house that is very, very tiny, shoot at that. Well, if you miss that, you're still gonna hit the house. So mm-hmm. all that to say, perfection is something that we need to strive for. It's there. We just gotta figure out a way to do it. So aim small, miss small, all that to say, I love that lesson. Good, cool beans, man. Um, hey, what was your Monday morning quarterback? Oh, that's easy. I mean, I didn't. I I, I was trying to think of a good Monday morning quarterback. Um, one could be maybe Shelby ducking, knowing Miles is going to punch him, things like that. But obviously, the easy one for me is, dude, this is your race. They're telling they're trying to tell you to be a team player. Well, they don't care about you at all. They would they want to get rid of you. They they want you to do everything for them. It's all about them. This is the one time to win the race. Don't let up. Just destroy it. But he did prove to himself, Miles did prove to himself that his car was the he and his car was the absolute pinnacle of racing that day. Fantastic. So he not necessarily didn't I maybe didn't need the win, but just floor it. Win it, destroy everybody. I agree with you right there. Maybe hold the best time ever. Let it go down as a world record. It won't be beat for 50 years. You know, that kind of thing. Do not slow down when you have the win in your sight. That was my exact same Monday morning quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard because that's like the lesson. It's like you got screwed over, dude. It's hard to pick a different Monday morning quarterback than that. Yeah. For sure, man. And my favorite scene was one that you had mentioned already when um, uh, Shelby locked BB in the office and then took Ford Jr. out for a drive. Showed him how fast the car could go, reminded him that, you know, hey, I'm reporting to you. I'm going to skip BB. I need to talk to you because Ken Miles needs to drive in this race. I just, that whole entire scene for all the same things that you already laid out, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that was a fantastic. Now, here's what's interesting. Because I got in late, I had no idea that Shelby could actually drive like that. I was like, dude, look at him driving. Like, oh, I, I, I yeah. thought that was really fun. I was like, oh, man, he's going to get in an accident. But apparently he could drive, too. So that makes sense how he was able to and how and why he was able to drive so well. Yeah, you know, one of the cool things about this movie is it is a historical event that took place, but you don't need to know anything about it. You don't need to even know, you don't have to care about cars. You don't even have to ever heard the name Ferrari or Enzo before. I think from the very beginning, they've outlined what this race means to at least, you know, the European racers and to other car drivers and stuff like uh, you don't you don't need to be a fan and know anything. Just like you said, you didn't know squat about Shelby. Neither did I ahead of time. Uh, uh, and, and this movie was still fully enjoyable. Yes, absolutely. I, I thought it was really good. Now, I give it a B plus, but if it were not, if I took out the factor of... Um, Rewatchability. Re- rewatchability for myself. I would definitely give it an A minus. It would jump into the A category. Not an A, um, because Matt Damon's in it, but if it was, <laughs> you know, if it was somebody else, like anybody else, it would be <laughs> I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, so I liked it. I thought it was really good. Everybody should take the time to watch it. 
Cool. Beans. What, what is um, your prop that you would want? Uh, I want that wrench in the frame that uh, Shelby had on his on his office. That's the only thing that really stood out to me. I mean, it would be awesome to have one of the cars, but sure. yeah, yeah. Never, I'm, just, hey. I'm just going with something small, put up on the wall. Remember, we could have whatever we want, at least in our <laughs> own minds. Shoot, I'm I'm taking the um, the 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 Ford, the one that they created, Shelby and my. That's I'm taking that one. I gotcha. Yep. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't pick a car. That's, that's a good so choice. <laughs> Yep, yep. Yeah, you're right. Eh, one of the cars is better. I'll take that same car that you got too. Well, no, you get we the can Fra- have whatever I, we want. I've already called it, so you get the Ferrari. Oh darn it! Then I'll take uh, you get the then, Ferrari. Uh, I'll take the car that he won Daytona in. Oh, got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. So uh, before we move on to the end, uh, anything we failed to mention? No, no. I I I liked the movie. Thought it was good. Good. Me too. I agree with you. So um, we've mentioned it quite a few times. You've brought it up a lot. I think next week we have to learn from Team America World Police. <laughs> Are you down with that? <laughs> yes, I am down. There's a lot of lot of uh, a lot of crude stuff in there. So, but I mean, it's hilarious. So, absolutely. Cool beans, man. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And of course, you know how we feel about Ford v. Ferrari. We want to hear your thoughts. So please go to the show notes page, watchandlearnpodcast.com slash pod 75 and leave a comment. Alrighty then, my name is Sky. And I'm Dusty. And we will return next week with Team America, World Police. America! America!